Well, welcome back to the Heartland Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership and the way of Jesus. My name is Clint, and I have two guests with me today. Could you just introduce yourselves? Hey, how's it going? I'm Tony. And I'm Dave. And we are st- starting or in the midst of a series called Heroes of the Faith on our, in our Sunday morning service. And I just wanted to have a space here where we could talk about the motivation behind having this series and kind of dive into a little bit of the the deeper stuff that we can't quite get into uh, just because space doesn't allow on a Sunday morning. Um, do you want to just jump right in? Lots of stuff to cover. When you yeah, how, how many weeks is this series? It's a long series. This is like a nine or ten week nine or ten series. Week. It's a summer. seven week summer series. Yeah. So designed there's a lot to by, cover. Designed by Clint. I initially dreamed up this, yeah. So maybe we should start with you. Not that, you know, you're usually the host, but like oh. what did you have in mind? He's flipping it back on me. Okay. Well, yeah. What did you have in mind as you thought about this series? Well, I so one aspect of my job here is I interact with a lot of new guests to our church. And I've just found that, and it's not like a, a huge problem or something, but a lot of people are brand new to the faith, to church, and have never read the Bible at all before. Huh. And so we just have to be careful as communicators. We get up here and just say stuff about Abraham. Well, who the heck's Abraham? To someone who has not just been in this culture for their whole life, you may not have heard of Abraham. I have, so, I have a couple of reactions to even just what you've said. First of all, I think it's great that we have people coming to our church who have no idea yeah. about the heroes of the faith. Right? Or, or maybe have never read the Bible. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Glad oh, they're here. It's awesome. And as a communicator... You're right, it's absolutely challenging to communicate to somebody who's never heard of Abraham and somebody who might have been at Heartland for 20 years mm-hmm. and, and has heard every message about Abraham. Like, how do you hit that one, right? Yeah, totally. And so we called it Heroes of the Faith just because, um, I mean, a lot of these figures are talked about in, even in the New Testament by Jesus and are praised for some of their accomplishments and what they've, uh, different postures or acts of faith that they've done. If nothing else, they are famous people of the faith. Right. You know, I don't know about their heroism necessarily. I yeah. feel like that is up for debate. And maybe that's part of what we're going to tease out in the series. Totally. Are these guys and gals all heroes? <laughs> And that brings us to a good first question that we can talk about that maybe we don't have a time on a Sunday morning, but like what really is a hero? Hmm. And what, what do we mean by that? And I don't think we mean someone who has it all together or is perfect. I mean, just take a look at what modern culture is painting to us as a hero. We have the highest grossing film franchise of all time, the Marvel Cinematic Universe far and away outstripped any other franchise of films and earnings. And you have Iron Man and Captain America and Hulk or whatever, your classic superheroes. But each of them are on a hero's journey where there's this transformation happening. There's a flaw in their character or maybe some weakness that they have that's eventually overcome throughout the the stories in those films. Which I, I think is really interesting as <clears throat> we talk about these biblical heroes or mm-hmm. figures is, uh, to my knowledge, there aren't any, especially that we're going to be looking at or in the Old Testament, that are paid, painted in an exclusively 
uh, good light. Right. Each of them has a little Achilles heel. Each of them has a little weakness. Each of them makes decisions along the way that makes you go, what the hell? Why would God have chosen this person to use? Mm -hmm. um, Do you think any of them would have, would have considered themselves heroes at the time? I, I don't think so. What do you think David thought of himself? I He's think, king. That's something. Well, that's true, but not before he was king. I think he would have thought a whole different yeah. story about himself, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So at some point there was a term. Yeah, I don't, maybe David would have considered himself a hero. That's a good point. I would think the vast majority of these, of these people that we're going to talk about, though, maybe didn't consider themselves heroes. And the thing that comes to my mind is like the interviews you always hear or you read about in the paper, you see on the Internet, like of the person who saved the, the other person from the vehicle that was going under the river and just, oh, I'm, I'm not a hero. I just did what was in front of me, you know, mm -hmm. or like what your kids, Clint, would, like if you were to ask them, who's their hero? I can imagine them saying, daddy, right. you know, and, and daddy's full of flaws. I don't know. Do you consider yourself, like a lot of flaws, right, Clint? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to enumerate them all now. <laughs> no, we, don't, we won't. But like, do you consider yourself a hero? Great question. So depending on when you're listening to this, maybe before uh, you haven't listened to any of the sermons in the series or maybe toward the end, you may have already heard a, one of our speakers say something like this, but I, I'm kind of of the persuasion that we are all heroes. And that's a twist that's going to come out in the series. We are all heroes. Because, and just like from the, uh, the study of like mythology and psychology, there's this idea of the hero's journey. And it's like this trope that is used to explain any type of call to adventure and the process you go through of discovery and being mentored and then this time of death and then resurrection and transformation. All of our lives are, we are all on the hero's journey. You're going to have to say more about that, mate. Okay. I think that would you're be very to, confusing. For you're going to have to define heard. trope to me. You kind of lost me at trope. Okay, so uh, let's take a great example of a Disney movie that usually has these kind of archetypes or timeless stories or themes in them. So like The Lion King. Easily most people's in the top five favorite great Disney film. movies. Love that film. And there's a reason you love it. It's not purely a matter of taste. It's because the actual story beats in that film are the timeless aspects of the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Say some more about that. Yeah, I don't want to get too far in the weeds of like dissecting Lion King. Right, but, but no, <laughs> on the hero's journey, what are those characteristics? That you're, is I think your at, the, at the general level, it's birth, death, and rebirth. Ah. That's like a pattern that you see in all of these stories, not That's only right. through scripture, but you're saying through mainstream uh, stories as well, like the Marvel Universe. Any story involving a hero will likely have this pattern of uh, yep. death and rebirth happening yep. in it. You start off in the known, you go to the unknown, and get, come back to the known. That's another way of describing it. And so, like, just because people probably know about Lion King, you have little Simba, and he's in the pride lands, that's the known, in the domain of Mufasa, the father, and he's protected, and so he's being mentored, and all of a sudden, there's this moment of death where he's blamed for Mufasa's death by Scar, right? Scar tricked everybody and killed the king, and Simba's blamed for it, and he, he's exiled away from the known, out into the unknown. And eventually there's this coming-of-age realization moment that, no, my, 
my father lives in me or something, and I'm the destined king. I need to get over myself and return and save the country, the land, from Scar's evil rule. And he comes back to the known, transformed, resurrected, so to speak, in the likeness of the king, and comes back and sets all to good. I mean, that is, it's like sometimes in the literature, it's called the mono myth. This is, this is the story, the hero's journey. And uh, like we mentioned, Marvel, the top 10 highest grossing films of the last 10 years are all about the hero's journey. Like our culture is enamored with it for a really good reason. Um, so that's what I mean. And so to bring it back to the Bible, I would argue that basically everything I just said about the Lion King is explicitly derived from the scriptural stories. You have Cain and Abel right there in the beginning, Mufasa and Scar, the hostile brother narrative. The reason that's compelling is not just because the authors made a good story. No, this is, this is one of the oldest stories mankind has ever told. And it's in, our, it's in scripture. It's something to be proud of, to cherish. So when people say, how could, well, like, why are we even focusing on the Old Testament and these old Iron Age figures? Oh, because this is the story of humankind that's been told for thousands of years. There's almost nothing more relevant you could be reading. I was going to say, isn't, isn't that the story of humanity? Like, so all of these little micro stories are pointing to this larger meta narrative or this bigger story that we're all caught up in. Yep. So you're saying that's why we're attracted to this. I think so. Is because that's, we're we're, we're yeah. part of it. Your life is a, hero, uh, is a microcosm of the hero's journey, but also, mm-hmm. like you just said, I think the trajectory of mankind is on this birth, death, resurrection cycle. Yeah, Richard Rohr's... And you might, we might argue about where we are well, true. on that pendulum swing. But Rich, One of Richard Rohr's most recent books, um, I'm not going to get the title right, but it's like Order, Disorder, Reorder. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, this idea, this story of how we're, you know, we're heading toward this end of transformation, resurrection. Well, and I can see that's a process that repeats itself throughout your life in mm-hmm. various ways. There's many Just, journeys. Yeah, many little arenas where that pattern is followed. Yep. Even in terms of, I don't know, your, your worldview. You've got order, you build it, something happens, you've got a new unknown that you need to introduce and you're put into disorder and you're left to rebuild it and you come out a slightly different person than who you were before. Mm-hmm. And you've gone through this whole up-down cycle. In your marriage. Yeah, in your marriage, sure. Yep. The start of something new. There's a death moment where you realize maybe uh, the rose-colored glasses Honeymoon fade away. And then now you're in this process of transformation. And not all heroes succeed. I think as like we'll see in the sermon series, the journey that these different figures are on, uh, that's what sometimes is disappointing about a story. is like, oh, the hero didn't actually end up doing good in the end or succeeding or... Tragedy. Yeah, that is. And they're not all Old Testament figures. They're, we're covering a few New Testament figures right. too. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the thing that as I'm preparing, you know, even looking at the series, some of the notes that you put together, Clint, is the hopeful part is these people, like I have a lot in common with them, mm-hmm. you know? And Say more about that because that's, I think the temptation would be to think I bear no similarity to oh, this sure, shepherd. Yeah, David figure. Yeah. I, he didn't have an iPhone. How could he? Okay. How could I possibly right. relate to anything right. they're going through? Like, modern no, man point. has its own 
has his own challenges. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely true. And at the same time, there's some larger stories that, like for me, one of the best ones, maybe it's because I was just looking at it recently, was the story of Abraham, you know. And uh, I'm excited to present that talk about Abraham's life because um, I think the way he understood God before he got to know Jehovah God or the God that we serve um, he was completely misunderstanding who God really was. You know, that God, back in the day, the gods always demanded more and more and more. And this was hu- what humanity thought. So we would just offer more sacrifices, and we'd offer uh, then the ultimate sacrifice of, of a child to try to appease the gods, make them happy with us, so they give us rain or they, you know, give us sunshine or whatever. And it, it just, the story completely flips that thought on its head and says, you know, God isn't somebody who demands. God, our God, is one who provides. And I look at that and I go, yeah, I need, and this is how it, it is applicable to my life today, like, I need to hear that. Mm. Like, God isn't always asking more of Dave Ambrose. In fact, if I just trust him, he's providing me every single day what I need. And I don't have to measure up by trying to be good enough. And so, I guess on some deeper level, I guess that's how these stories connect with, with my life. Well, and I think, I think that you're right that like Abraham didn't have an iPhone or whatever. And so there are specifics that need to be worked out. But there are some, some questions, some issues that are eternal or are common to every human who has ever existed. Wanting to know, what am I here for? Mm-hmm. Wanting to know, how should I relate to other people? Um, how should I manage difficult emotions like fear and anger? How should, uh, what happens when people get too greedy? Uh, what happens when people have too much power? Those issues were true mm. thousands of years ago and were things that people had to grapple with, and they're still true for us today. Yeah, yeah. Right. They are timeless issues in a way. As long as there are people and we share this rock and mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out how to do that well together in a way that honors God, um, those issues won't go away. And so in that sense, there's plenty of lessons to be learned from looking yeah. at the, the men and women who have gone before us, wrestling with what is man, what is God, what's our place, what's right living look like. There's so much to be learned. And there's a, you know, there's a heavier emphasis, obviously. Now, if you're new to the Bible, you may not understand this, but there's a heavier emphasis on men because it was a patriarchal culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there were just, that's the way it was back in the day. But... I still think for men and women in the 21st century, we can all learn those lessons. Those lessons are just as uh, applicable to me as a man as it is to a woman in our congregation. Yeah, when there are issues of like that are common to humanity, right? You know, it doesn't matter if you're a, a man or a woman. I'm curious to push back on you a little bit, mm-hmm. or I can at least hear a pushback. As you talked about, you made the claim earlier that we might all be heroes, and that's sort of the call is to model this yeah. heroic thing. There's a voice screaming in the back of my mind saying, no, mate, you've got it twisted. We're the villains. Jesus is the hero. He's the only hero, in fact. Uh, And thank goodness he's rescued us. We're actually a bunch of villains. Now, I'm inclined to fall somewhere in the middle. I think we are both heroes and villains, or we are capable of. Mm -hmm. But certainly that's how it seems in my life is. There are days when I'm the bad guy that day, and I'm choosing to make things worse, and I'm choosing to go my own way. But in what sense of we the heroes as opposed to Jesus being the only hero. Can you just say more about that? Yeah, I mean, we can get into some word salad about how to define the terms, but I was using hero without any moral baggage to describe 
a participant on this classic journey that has these timeless story beats. So, but if we're saying that the definition of hero includes all these virtues, then yeah, I either fail. I, I don't always measure up to being a, that kind of hero. And we use that language a lot, like police officers and firefighters, and there's signs all over town now since COVID, heroes work here, nurses and teachers. And yeah, that's great. And, and they're noting, I think, this filament that is part of the classic hero's journey of sacrifice, and that the hero sacrifices the, some goods in his life or even himself or herself yeah. to achieve something greater for the community or for his own or her own life. You're right that we still call that heroic. Mm -hmm. if, if a man runs into a burning building and saves 15 people and dies in the process, sacrificing his own life, that's almost the most heroic. That's the, the cliche heroic act, you know? Right. Yeah. I think too, though, what's so neat about this series is that each of these stories to me, points to an aspect of what you just brought up, Tony, and that is the, the, of the Christ, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. of the ultimate hero in, in Jesus. And so you see little pieces of that in each of these stories, even though it, these stories were thousands of years ago. You know, they're still pointing to this moment in time where God comes to earth as the ultimate hero to rescue us. Um, so it's awesome. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, totally. Is there, a, is there a favorite hero you're looking forward to talking about? Yeah, Clint, when you were designing this series, was there one who like, popped Pet out figure? to you? Like, you, you, I got to preach this one because this is my favorite. Well, really, uh, so as you'll see, if you, when you listen to the sermon series, how it's being portrayed in, in the sermon is a big question that we as human beings face like existentially. And then how does that question get responded to by the story of these people's lives. Um, so like the first one, for example, is the story of Cain and Abel and wondering uh, like, who does God have favor on? It's just a or like, uh, what can I do for God to love me more? Or what, why does God bless some people and not others? That's, ju that's just a foundational question about life. And if you're a secular person, maybe, you maybe you're not thinking in terms of God and more just like the universe or something like that. But that's a question that we want to know. Why do, why do some people appear to be, have more favor or blessing or good things happen to them than others? And so I have something to learn from the biblical story in answering that question. So really, I mean, I don't know if I have a favorite one. Um, maybe if I had to pick, I would say the story of Job, uh, the question of, you know, Basically, why do, why do bad things happen to the righteous and good things happen to the unrighteous? Mm. Something like that. Yeah, the thing that jumps out to me as favorite was what I mentioned earlier, Abraham. You know, I just, uh, I love that story. I love the personal nature of it with father and son and that he's been waiting so long for this son, this promise, you know. And I love that he was a pagan, you know, that he was just called out. Of, I mean, if you really think about that story, that God called this man, mm -hmm. pagan man, out of Ur. He has no idea who this right. God is, but I'm okay. I'm going to go follow him, and and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he makes this promise, and then there's this, of course, this incredible picture of Jesus carrying his cross, and you know, Abraham's son Isaac carrying the wood. I just I love the symbolism in that story, and and obviously the way it ends and what it points to. Probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. What about you, Tony? What you got a favorite? I don't know. I feel like I identify a lot with David. 
Mm. I don't know. I just see a lot of myself in that guy. So I've always had a lot of sympathy for him. A guy who has, uh, I don't know, no shortage of problems despite being put in positions of leadership. And I feel like, oh, yeah, I see myself there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... there well, there's a moment in his life that's probably my favorite story in Scripture. Is that when he dances naked? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't see myself there. So I wondered. I wonder what part my you ritual were... cloth, my, my ephod. Yeah. Uh, no, it's this moment when the prophet Nathan confronts David about his sin of, um, you know, basically sending Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, to die so that he can be with her, and he tells us the prophet Nathan tells this kind of elaborate story about some other citizen in the land that's done some great wrong. And, and David said, oh, we, that person should be like greatly punished. Bring him to me to put him to death or something. And Nathan says, you are that man. Just yeah. the flip of that. Just a mic drop moment. Yeah, and just realizing how, how sin in my life can twist me up so much in my mind that I don't even see that simple connection that I have done exactly what I'm calling for the punishment of someone else. The hypocrisy yeah. of the sinner. Yeah. Well, to the point where the story of Jonah, which is you know, a fantastic story, we all think of it one way, but the behind the scenes look of Jonah and how I think people would have understood that. Mm-hmm. Talk about, about, like this guy doesn't want these people that he hates to, tr- to even hear yeah. about God. Yep. Like, no, I can't stand these people. I don't want them to hear, like, just his honesty and his being real. I, I love that. And yet we're always focused on, you know, the typical uh, parts of the story. But, man, if you really get behind that, it's an incredible it's a, it's story. It's a story about being offended at God's grace and generosity. Yeah. That he would be kind to somebody you hate. Right. And that upsets you. Mm-hmm. you know? Yes. <laughs> now, it's yeah. kind of interesting here. I just, maybe we don't have to t- go too far afield on this, but I think it's important for some listeners to hear so there's one way of doing this kind of sermon series where we focus a lot on like, okay, when did Abraham live? And, what, and like mapping out this whole timeline and geography. How, how much of that matters a lot in terms of understanding the theological significance? So you might wonder, um, like we've been bringing up Marvel movies and Lion King, which are like fictional stories. There's not sure. a talking... Oh, those mo- aren't real? There's not a Simba out there that talks, uh, you know. Uh. How, but how much does it matter that... Was, was Jonah a real historical figure or not? Does that... Like what's riding on that being the case? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... For me, it doesn't. Um, and that's probably where I would get labeled as a little more liberal or, you know, not caring about the details. But to me, it's the, it's the point of the story that is so important. Not whether or not... And you can argue all you want about was Jonah a real person? Were Adam and Eve historical figure? What does, it, what does it matter? The point of the story, the truth behind it is what we're trying to get to, you mm-hmm. know? And I think you can get stuck on trying to be right about some of those things and miss the whole point of what God's trying to tell you through this story. Yeah. And, and I just don't think, even back in the day, I don't think the patriarchs um, argued about those things. Mm-hmm. I think what was important to them was the moral behind the story. Yeah, there's something to be learned there. I can, I can appreciate the desire or somebody who is bent on these things all being grounded in history, like Jonah being a historical, yes, he really got swallowed by a fish, because there's a, it does seem important whether or not Jesus existed mm-hmm. and whether or not any of the things that he did or said actually happened. And there's sort of a fear of like, mm-hmm. well, if I don't know about Jonah, 
Maybe I don't know about Jesus. Maybe I don't know about any of this, actually. And the whole thing is like a house of cards that comes crumbling down. I, think, I don't think that needs to be the conclusion. No. I think a more careful study of like genre can help you uh, determine, is this piece of writing attempting to communicate a historical truth? Or is it trying to say something else? Mm -hmm. um, but worth spending some time on that, because I could totally see the fear there. Sure. Who was the author originally writing to? What mm -hmm. was the purpose? What's the history behind? I'm great with them being real people. I just don't think that's the point. Right. I think we end up arguing about those things, and we, we miss the, you know, the real truth that God's trying to get to us. Well, any kind of closing thoughts on the series as a whole and what you'd want people to hear as they just yeah, hear you know, about these different stories? I mean, summer's a great time. We're going to pause a couple of times throughout the series for some special events like our, our picnic, obviously our baptism, lots to celebrate, our commissioning of our very first global partners. But for the most part, you know, a lot of people are in and out throughout the summer traveling, and I think this series allows them to uh, just lock in on that particular week, and, and they don't have to, like, know what we talked about the week before in order to connect. Right. And that's the beauty of a, a summer series. And I think you did a great job designing this. And we've got several communicators at two different campuses. So um, you're going to hear different takes on, you know, on, on these heroes of the faith, which mm -hmm. is super uh, intriguing to me to see how God's Spirit will lay that on the communicator's heart to deliver that. Yeah, and part of the, like, just to bring it full circle, when you asked about, like, why are we doing this, um, yeah, I think it's a, a fun, engaging way to get to bring more biblical literacy to our congregation. Instead of like, I don't know, you could be at a classroom and looking at this whole timeline and looking at maps and stuff like that, but just the hitting these big, important questions that people, real people like us are thinking about um, and what does a spiritual ancestor of ours have to say about it? Yeah, and my hope would be, probably like with every series, but this one in particular, my hope would be that if you listen or you're here in person and you're um, you know, hearing a sermon, that you would go home and then dig into it deeper. Like if you heard a sermon on Jonah, what, what if that week you went home and read the whole book of Jonah and maybe picked mm -hmm. up a commentary or got online and did some research on Jonah so that you could make up your own mind was Jonah historical or, or wasn't he? What's the deeper truth here? You know, I'd, I'd love to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And you know, that was how it happened in ancient Judaism. You'd go back and forth on these with somebody in community, and that's how you sharpened each other, through right. the debate, right? And, and there uh, are groups that meet at Heartland that what they do for their time together is they talk about that week's sermon, and our staff prepares a thing called the Deep Dives, where we go into... Uh, the passage itself and ask some like critical thinking questions about it that are also like spiritually formative and getting you to reflect on what God's trying to say to you through the scripture, talk about it with other people. That's what we really want people to step into. Not just like, I'm going to go hear a fun talk and Dave's a good communicator and I had a good time listening. Right. But D to jump in deep and yeah. really push yourself. And you could go as deep as you want to go. And then sit with somebody and have a conversation. And that way, that spiritual truth is, is infusing itself into your life. And, mm -hmm. and not just head knowledge, but beginning to transform you. And I would hope, like, at the end of the summer, I would be able to say, I'm a different person because of these mm -hmm. heroes that I've studied and I, I've allowed into my life. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Heartland Leadership Podcast. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, we're on all the 
uh, Spotify, iTunes, and uh, if you're just listening, it's also on YouTube. So be sure to check out each other, and yeah, we'll see you next time.